aka Patterns. Welcome to episode 495. We are racing towards episode 500. It is day by day, very hectic. Uh, I am maybe the busiest right now. I've been in in the entire year. I'm on a comic book deadline. I'm doing multiple projects at the nine to five. But I'm your host, and I'm dedicated to bring you conversations, ideas, and thoughts and experiences involving movies. And I'm your host of AKA Pads Audio Audacity Podcast, Peter A. DeLuca, another known as the World Sketchbook Champion. That's right, boys and girls. I draw. I draw a lot. I've also created some comics, Uzi Susie, Trial by Fire. And you can support me real quick. Go to akapad.com. Get yourself some free trading cards. Sign up. Hook it up. You'll get on the mailing list for the uh, weekly newsletter. But let's let's go. Let's go. We got to get into this because, you know, like Steven Spielberg, I mean, he's the first filmmaker I ever just read about. The second one being Quentin Tarantino because that, that's the era I grew up, grew up on. And going through even then, like a filmography, uh, you know, I remember back when, when Best Buy, Best Buy used to have thousands of VHS tapes. I literally jizzed my shorts the day I was able to find Duel, D-U-E-L. This is his made-for-TV movie. It's essentially Jaws with a truck. Uh, it, I think that's a shit comparison, but it, it does work. And I, I watched them, had to watch it, watched it, rewatched it. And Duel and Jaws, made only three years apart, became uh, a common double feature in my parents' basement. And then we have 1974, the Sugar Land Express. This is the whimsy that did carry through, I mean, technically all the way to Saving Private Ryan. Uh, I would put Catch Me If You... We're going to jump all over the place. I would put Catch Me If You Can in that category. But I, j- I don't feel like Catch Me If You Can have has a uh, a whimsy or like a loss of innocence. As uh, Saving Private Ryan really was Spielberg transforming into, at that point, an institutional director. And by that, I mean, uh, whatever... Yeah, like he wanted to make a movie, they would make a movie... Uh, you know, like the um, the the mystery has had faded by that point. You know, like you kind of want to say the world had moved on from Steven Spielberg by the time we're done with Saving Private Ryan. But we fast forward seventy four to seventy five. We go to Jaws. Uh, what else can be said about this movie? Maybe I mean Jaws, Citizen Kane, Godfather, top three movies of all time. Uh, and now I'll, I'll put Godfather 1 and 2 together. 1977, called Close Encounters of the First Kind. This movie was absolutely uh, mesmerizing for me for a long time because I got, really, <laughs> I got really into UFO mythology. I, would, uh, I bought uh, Project Blue Book from Walden Books in the uh, Defford Mall. And it complemented the tone of Spielberg. Again, a adult man discovering something beyond uh, his comprehension, our comprehension, and in a way being chosen to being taken away. The ending, the I prefer 
the closing calendar score over Jaws when it comes to John Williams at this time. And we go to, I'm just trying to remember, we go to Gremlins. And I believe in Gremlins. It might be Gremlins or Back to the Future. And keep in mind, Spielberg, during the 80s, produced a million movies. And uh, I wish we could go into all of them as well. Spielberg is worth multiple episodes. But in one of these theater marquees, we see what's called Firelights or Firelight. And this was a short film Spielberg Spielberg made before we knew who he was. He was he was he was a kid. I believe he shot it on eight millimeter. But that eventually became Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and I knew that. And I you know like the detail that I picked out early, and it really it really captured my imagination. The because again Spielberg was 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 mystical himself at one time. And he makes these movies that that are about the unknown, uh, you know, about us being children as adults, but discovering something and going places maybe we're not supposed to, but there's a wonder about it. And he he nailed it at with this movie. The the ending alone, it's just it it, it sticks with you. It never leaves. The, the chandelier spaceship, the slow motion, like all of it. It's so awesome and beautiful. 1979, we have the first disappointment of Steven Spielberg. 1941, comedy. Dana I4, James Belushi. People overshoot this movie. They over-criticize it. They don't um, entertain it. Uh, entertain what the movie is from the time it's in for what it was emulating and the type of comedy it was this is really Spielberg's best comedy uh, it's it's a mid-level when we talk about the greatest directors of all time this is a knock because Spielberg seems to be able to do everything but comedy 1981, Raiders of the Lost Ark. We we all know this one. Rock and roll and let's just move on. 1982, E.T. Another masterpiece. I mean, again, this is the, the golden age of the golden boy. 1984, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. This is what I consider the Indiana Jones movie. It's better than Lost Ark. It's more of a adventure. It's more erratic. It's more crazy. It's the definition of what we expect from an Indiana Jones movie. 1985, we have some Oscar bait, the color purple. Yes, our boy here was snubbed. Color purple, color purple. I believe it lost to Driving with Daisy, uh, dri- Driving Miss Daisy. Color purple should be Spielberg's first Oscar for best director. 1987, the love letter to David Lean, Empire of the Sun. I would see this movie on cable television growing up. Uh, it always stuck with me. Christian, the young Christian Bale, um, starving, being alone in the beginning of this movie. Uh, him hunting for food. Still, it's still with me. John Malkovich getting basically beat up. I, I, yeah, I would have to rewatch. I think he gets killed. Uh, horrible death scene or horrible torture scene. Empire of the Sun is overlooked. 1989, we're back at comedy Richard Dreyfus. We have some good beats. We have some good pops. We this it's a remake, but it's always 
And this movie is there. It's funny. Uh, there's a couple lines that, that always suck with me on this. Uh, just just like the way the characters are. And Richard Dreyfuss really seems to be in like a good element during the, the filming of this. 1989 movie, geez. Uh, I clearly remember seeing this movie with, with my father. Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade. We loved this movie. Uh, whenever it came on, whenever uh, I was, we were watching on VHS or DVD, um, you always stopped and sat down and just finished watching it. The the hook of the grail at the end, the uh, the send off. Uh, this movie really felt like it was set, a send off, but you know we would never get that because the corporate lords of the universe will pay whatever they can for more Indiana Jones. So we have that coming. 1991, uh, geez, great campaign, N NES video game, not good, the NES video game, not so great, but toy line, trading cards, all of it, Hook, uh, Hook might be the, the biggest merchandise movie until our, our next one being Jurassic Park, but Hook, Hook was a giant push, TriStar tri Pictures, Disney, the concept of Hook, it's a tough, it really is a tough sell. It never was an easy sell. The execution of Hulk, equally the same, but this is a CAA, Creative Artist Agency movie. Uh, the men that would be, not the men that would be king, but there, there's a CAA, uh, Michael Ovitz book. They they detail this. They, they detail how this this was a, uh, it was a Bionity project. They did it. They could do it. They Everyone thought it was going to be big. It was big, but it wasn't, uh, it, you know, it was a disappointment because it wasn't. What our next movie became, 1993, Spielberg's greatest year, because he gave us Hook, I mean, he gave us Jurassic Park and Schindler's List, the biggest movie of all time, and an Oscar super win, uh, everything earned for Schindler's List, absolute weapon, absolute masterpiece, uh, personal movie. Uh, he was able to use a lot of this attention and funds to do so much for the Holocaust, so much for the the awareness of it, so much for the documentation. Uh, I believe there might be one or two documentaries that Spielberg was behind on, on stories of the Holocaust. They just went around recording stories of the Holocaust. Schindler's List uh, might be the biggest personal movie of all time and the greatest. 1997, we have a, a potential repeat. Biggest movie of all time, Jurassic Park Lost World. No disappointment. Oscar Sweep, Oscar Bash, Oscar Roundhouse, Amistad. No. Uh, we waited four years, double year, two more Spielberg movies, both disappointments. 1998, the absolute weapon has returned. Saving Private Ryan, it lost Best Picture to Shakespeare in Love, uh, equally one of the great Oscar campaigns. Uh, Harvey Weinstein convinced the rest of the world that Saving Private Ryan had a, for, uh, um, a formulaic and a disappointing third act, and people actually believed it and repeated it, and it showed up in articles. It was a masterful campaign, but Saving Private Ryan should be Spielberg's second best picture and second best director. He did get best director. 2001, huge disappointment movie that uh, still confuses people to this day. 2001, I will say this about this movie. 
Stanley Kubrick had pa- passed away. Um, this was a movie he nurtured and ushered along the way for a very long time. You always write about AI. Brings in Spielberg, all this stuff. Uh, a little bit of a recon on uh, Kubrick saying he could not direct it and he wanted Spielberg to do it or some crap like that. I never, never believed that. AI has a ending where we're underneath the ocean. And our Pinocchio boy is making a, a wish to the fairy godmother. And then we fade to black and we have a perfect sci-fi movie. But then the ending continues and we get the real ending. And it just this just pissed off and enraged people. This is a part of a triple ending uh, mishap. It's, it's, it's a trilogy. The other movie that came out. A little bit more down the road, but the ending of Jurassic Park 3, people say Spielberg intervened with that uh, against Joe Johnson. Uh, The ending of Jurassic Park 3, where people are magically survived. Uh, Disappointing, disappointing. We have the second of the sci-fi doubleheaders, 2002 Tom Cruise, Minority Report, really good movie, kick-ass, Colin Farrell, uh, just well designed. Uh, the 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 shooting, the lens flares for this movie. It, it just looks different. It feels different. It's good. It's awesome. It's it's there. Two thousand and two. Catch me if you can. This is what I would consider to be Spielberg's last great movie. Catch me if you can. Is right there. Love it. I uh, watch it all the time. Even read the book. Two thousand four. The movie that we forgot about, The Terminal, uh, Tom Hanks, just moving on from, from there. 2005, we have the third in the, the mishap, the ending mishap trilogy. War of the Worlds, that kid showing up at the end of this movie, it's unforgivable. I never forgave this, but the movie leading into the ending is a powerhouse, uh, masterful. Everything just designed to tug at your anxiety and your emotions. Uh, I love War of the Worlds. Hate the ending. Hate, hate, hate it. Also, in two thousand and five, we have Munich. More Oscar bait. More Oscar disappointment. And just moving on. Munich. That doesn't mean Munich's not there. Eric Bann is great in it. Munich is there. But Spielberg has a level of expectation. He really does. 2008, Indiana Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. We can just move on from that. Uh, That movie should have led into Mutt, right? Mutt Jones, Indiana Jones' son. Indiana Jones also should never have a son, but if he did, he would inherit the Indiana Jones throne hat leather jacket. The movie did not end that way. Bad move, bad move. The Adventures of Tintin, one of the few movies here I haven't seen. 2011, also in 2011. The War Horse, or War Horse. Having seen this movie, uh, everyone seems to bash it. Uh, I've heard so many passive comments of people not liking this movie. 2012, Lincoln. More Oscar bait. Uh, we got some, uh, you know, we got some Oscar, right? Worthy performance from Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, I watched this movie for 15 minutes and stopped because of the beginning. Too preachy. It's, no, like we're not. We're not doing this when it comes to Lincoln. We're not getting into this subject matter right here, right now. Uh, I am sorry, but the war that Lincoln 
uh, lived through and 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 um, you know like you know kind of started in you know in, from a history perspective, but the war Lincoln was a part of uh, that is a complex beast, complex animal, and uh, it's not just about one single subject. We'll say that even though that that subject was also a part of the war. But in moving on. 2005, Blue Your Spies. I believe I spoke about this on this podcast. Wow, nothing but disappointing. 2006, BFG. They, he's just making, trying to make Disney movies here. Uh, BFG, um, no, disappointing. Moving on. 2017, The Post, more Oscar bait. Uh, already forgettable as a Spielberg movie. It got noms. 2018, uh, nostalgic, uh, tugging on your childhood, tugging on your shirt. Look at me. Don't you know what this is? Ready Player One. We, my sister and I, I think the last episode um, that my sister was on with me, we did Ready Player One. We recorded it in the car. Didn't think it was too great. Uh, never had a desire to catch it again. Never did. 2021, West Side Story. More Oscar bait, never got a desire to, to fully watch or experience this movie. Um, I'm not above it, though. I just, um, I believe if I were to do like a catch up on Spielberg, mostly West Side Story, War Horse, right? Like the, those would be the two I would jump on. And then like Adventures of Tintin, uh, I would refresh on Munich. But West Side Story, yeah, I love musicals. I would be all for checking it out. Uh, I do like, I appreciate when they spin things a little bit. Like, just do it. Moving on. And then, uh, yeah, uh, later this year, we'll have The Fablemans, which is semi-autobiographical movie coming out in November. And uh, I guess that's going to be followed by the next Indiana Jones. And, uh, I mean, no one's hopeful for the next Indiana Jones. So, a part of some of this, okay? So, we have to kind of go into uh, to, uh, 1997 when he uh, formed... Um, in partnership, uh, DreamWork Pictures. And later, DreamWork Pictures were later sold to Paramount, who uh, for, for a few years was a distribution partner. Uh, Gladiator, American Beauty. Uh, Dream DreamWorks had an Oscar run unlike any other. But The Men Who Would Be King, it's a book about DreamWorks. It is very clear in that book that that they couldn't hold, like, part of them wanting to use Spielberg's name was not to hinder him making other projects with other companies. And this is a conflict. It turned into a major conflict of interest. But in a strong way, Spielberg, Spielberg did not take helm and control DreamWorks the way he did with Amblem Entertainment. Roger Rabbit, Back to the Future, Goonies, uh, Gremlins, uh, it goes on and on, okay? The failure of DreamWorks and what Spielberg allowed, uh, you know, like it, it's a part of that conversation. DreamWorks right now with their animation department should be a Hollywood studio mega powerhouse, should be uh, potentially the biggest studio we've ever seen based on what what we saw that they could do. I mean, again, American Beauty, straight to Shrek, amazing. I mean, just jaw-dropping dro- stuff. But Spielberg seemed to have been divided attention-wise. He seemed to have been very distracted when it came to making this movie. I mean, uh, to being a partnership in this company. Uh, I do hold that against him. But because of that, you know, like if we were to do a countdown, 
uh, we can say right now, like number five, Spielberg's like number five. Next is going to be Steven Soldenberg, uh, an absolute, absolute uh, expert filmmaker. Uh, Soldenberg might be, um, uh, he understands story unlike anyone I've ever seen. We're going to go through his movies for episode 496. And stick with me, people. We got 31 Days of Dread coming. We're going to do one hard movie a day for the entire month of October. Thank you.